Hello. Welcome to Syracuse Speaks, The View from the AHL, a Syracuse Crunch-centric podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ackerman. Let's get started. Welcome to the 2022-2023 Syracuse Crunch season, everybody. We are here. It is here. As I am recording this, it is October 7th. Syracuse is getting ready to drop the puck in Utica tonight in preseason action before opening their preseason slate at home for their only preseason home game tomorrow night in Syracuse at the Old War Memorial. And then they will start the 2022-23 season on the road next weekend in Cleveland before returning to the good old state of New York the following weekend for a game in Rochester and then back home to the War Memorial for the season opener. And how much are we looking forward to that? As they say, though, before you can move forward, you must first look back. Today's episode is going to be all about the 2022-23 season. But in order to get to that point, we also need to take a glance backwards at last season and the successes and the not-so-successful areas that occurred throughout those months of crunch hockey. Now, full disclosure, I am sure that my amazing bosses over at Field Pass Hockey would have preferred this to be the article it was intended to be. However, I am, as always, your friendly, neighborhood, permanently exhausted pigeon, neither night owl nor morning bird shall be, so... It's a podcast episode, and it's one of those moments where I am just going to do this and then apologize later if I screwed up because I am tired and cannot possibly write one more thing. So here we go. Syracuse's 2021-22 season can pretty much be described thusly. Huge potential. Splat. Oh my God, what are they doing? Oh my God, yes, they're doing it. And holy cow, second place, who would have thought? I think that pretty much sums up last season. Syracuse started off with a lot of hype around them. Their roster looked stacked. It was pretty much one of the strongest teams on paper that the Lightning had ever put together for their farm team with their in their 10 years that they had been affiliated with the Crunch. And people were really excited. Then injuries happened, then COVID happened, then COVID happened some more, then COVID happened in the NHL, then taxi squads came back. This is the splat portion of my review, just, you know, in case you couldn't tell. And then Ben Grew's magic started coming into play. Teams always start out slow, then he kicks their butt and they buy in and things end up changing. That's what started to happen right around February-ish, March of last year. Goalie Max Legacy got into a groove. Things started happening. All of a sudden, Syracuse was looking like a contender, and things were looking great. And stuff turned around, and Syracuse ended the 2021-22 season in second place in the AHL's North Division with a 41-26-7-2 record. 41 wins, 26 losses, 7 overtime losses, 2 shootout losses. 91 points, .599 points percentage, which last season that's what mattered. They 
eked out the Laval rocket for second place. Laval landed in third, and that set Syracuse up for their first round opponent. So Syracuse and Laval took it to five games. They took it to the most that it could have gone in that round. And unfortunately, Syracuse came out on the losing end. Again, there was some injury trouble. The players that Syracuse needed to score kind of didn't. And that was it for the Crunch's seemingly miracle season. It seemed like kind of a lackluster end for a team that really came together at such a late stage and really made that push together. The team seemed to click. Things were working. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough to push them into the second round and deeper into the playoffs. So that was where Syracuse ended last season. By the end of the season, Alex Barry Boulay was the lead scorer for the Crunch with 63 points. Right behind him was Captain Gabriel Dumont with 62 in one of the, if, if not, not one of the, the best performances of the captain's career so far to, the, to that point anyways. So those are who led Syracuse in that area. Syracuse ended the season with a whopping 242 goals for and 229 goals against. So those rankings were around the top in pretty much both categories in the North Division. Although Rochester's 270 goals against takes the cake by far in the North, but that's that's besides the point. <laughs> the Crunch ended the season ranked fifth in the North on the power play at 18.6% conversion, which, you know, isn't super great, but hey, they're working on it. And their uh, penalty kill ended the season at fourth in the North Division with an 80% success rate. So that actually wasn't as bad as far as when you compare it to the rest of the North Division. Belleville was best in the North Division with an 82.8 percentage rate last year on the power play, or the penalty kill, excuse me. So could have been worse, could have been better. Pretty much middle of the pack in both of those stats in the North. Syracuse will probably want to look at improving those things in this upcoming season, but that is getting ahead of myself. So that is where things worked out for those stats. If you have any interest at all in overall stats, uh, power play-wise, Syracuse was 22nd in the league overall which again, you know, kind of middle of the road, a little bit towards the bottom when compared to the rest of the league, probably not where Syracuse wants to be as far as looking at a play like a playoff team for the majority of the season. Similarly, yeah, that works. Sorry, it's been a really long week, everybody. Syracuse was also 20th in comparison to the rest of the league in penalty kill percentage. So again, I think the Crunch is really going to want to look at improving special teams this year, both in the, when compared to the North Division and when compared to everybody else in the American Hockey League.
that's where the crunch was. Where are they now? Well, as of this very moment, they are in Utica, New York, dropping the puck on their first preseason game. This is going to be a fun season, y'all. I really think that this is going to be great. And I'm very excited to see what it has in store for us. Why am I so excited? Let me tell you, because, hey, that's what this podcast is for. Oh my God, it's been a long week. Okay, first up for coverage of this topic is moves that happened this past offseason that were key to Syracuse, either in terms of additions or in terms of subtractions. In my humble opinion, and I'm sure those of you who listen to this podcast often are bracing yourselves and getting very ready to roll your eyes at me, but honestly, in my opinion, one of the biggest acquisitions for Syracuse over this past summer was signing returning captain forward Gabriel Gabriel Dumont to not a one-year AHL contract, but a two-year AHL contract. This means a lot of things for the crunch. One, when if you're a veteran player in this league and you see something like that, that's pretty dang special. Dumont has never signed an AHL contract in his career. This is the first time he has ever done so. He is basically saying, yeah, I think my NHL door has closed, but I still have a lot of hockey to play. And I can now go into an AHL locker room that I am familiar with, with a coaching staff that adores me and be a leader. And you know what? If I have another record season on top of all of that too, well, that's just the icing on the cake. This was really big for Syracuse. The Crunch does not have to worry about losing their captain to waivers this season for the first time in a long time, a very long time. Let's be honest, that alone is worth its weight in gold to an AHL fan. They get the benefit of Dumont's AHL experience which is very extensive. Dumont has played 629 regular season games in the American Hockey League and 66 playoff games, the majority of which have been with Syracuse, including 22 games during the 2017 Calder Cup playoffs when Syracuse went all the way to the finals. Dumont does have a sprinkling of NHL experience as well, making him a very well-rounded player in this league, but the majority of what we're looking at here is his leadership capabilities and potential in the American Hockey League. Dumont also proved, as I previously said, that he can still score. Last season, Dumont had his best season in the American Hockey League, 75 games played, 62 points, 30 goals, 32 assists. He ended the season second on the team in scoring, right behind Barry Boulay, and he was extremely impactful for the team all the way through the regular season. It is definitely expected for that to continue, and the crunch is definitely better for having him on their roster. Someone else, I think, who will make Syracuse better for being out there is defenseman Trevor Carrick. This is someone who Patrick Williams was really, really high on when we had him on this podcast recently. I think Crunch fans are going to be very excited by the way he plays. For comparison, Patrick compared him to Cameron Gauntz. So I really think that this is going to be a fantastic signing for Syracuse. Carrick is a veteran of 495 AHL games and seven NHL games. He is also 
been in the playoffs a handful of times, mostly with Charlotte. So he's going to be a great addition to Syracuse's blue line. I think he's going to be someone that's really going to boost their special teams, which was something that I mentioned in the previous segment that needed to happen. And I do apologize that my voice is a little bit scratchy. It is that time of year now where everybody in school is getting sick, including the teachers. So I do apologize. But anyways, I think Carrick is definitely going to be someone who makes Syracuse's roster stronger and will hopefully help make up for one of the big losses that I am going to talk about in a minute. Along those same lines, the crunch ended up having their number one netminder from last season back. Max Legacy was re-signed by the Tampa Bay Lightning for another year. Legacy was one of the biggest, if not the biggest, reasons why Syracuse made the playoffs last season. Their end-of-the-season run to the postseason would not have happened had Legacy not found his game and been, to be honest with you, as perfect as he was. He earned AHL Goaltender of the Month nods for April. Very well deserved. He really was a big part of the team last season, and hopefully he will have a healthier 22-23 and be able to have that consistency all season long, which is something that was definitely a little sketchy last season. Finally, as I look at players that have been added to the crunch, I think the last one I'm going to follow that I expect to make a pretty good splash this upcoming season is Lucas Edmonds. Edmonds was drafted by the Lightning just in this previous draft in 2022. He is an overager, which means he can be sent straight to the AHL right out of the draft, which is something that AHL fans aren't necessarily used to seeing. In 68 games in the OHL for Kingston last season, he lodged 113 points, 34 goals, 79 assists. I think his playmaking ability will hopefully be on display this upcoming season. There is always an adjustment period from juniors to the AHL. Players are bigger and older. Skill level is higher. There's a lot going on, both on the ice and in their personal lives. So we can't expect too much too quickly. But I think that he is going to be someone that a lot of people are going to be keeping an eye on and who a lot of people, including myself, are hoping will make a pretty big impact fairly quickly for Syracuse this upcoming season. Unfortunately, you know, in the American Hockey League, you can't keep everybody, right? So there were some players that were let go and or just made the decision to move on to another organization. At the top of my list of players that are that, that was painful to see subtracted was forward Anthony Richard. Richard was part of a change of scenery trade that happened, eh, I don't know, sometime midseason last season. At the time of the trade, he had played in 31 games from Milwaukee and had 12 points. Obviously, that's not exactly a pace that you want one of your top forwards scoring at. He was traded to Syracuse, played in 40 games for the Crunch during the regular season, and totaled 26 points during that time span, 10 goals, 16 assists. He was someone who was a big part of Syracuse's turnaround as well. And in fact, during the playoffs, he was also one of the few players for Syracuse that was consistently scoring. In five games played against that Laval team, he had six points, four goals, two assists. So he was a really big part of the Crunch's turnaround overall. And honestly, I was disappointed that... 
he didn't continue on with the organization because I really would have liked to see a full season from Richard. Another player that was subtracted from Syracuse that made a big impression last season was Ramey Ellie. Ramey Ellie played in 48 games for the Crunch during the regular season, had 29 points, 17 goals, 12 assists. Ellie had previously been playing with the Rochester Americans, so it's always nice when you can poach a player from one of your divisional rivals. During the playoffs, Ellie had three goals in five games, so again, he was one of the few players that actually scored fairly consistently for Syracuse during those five playoff games last season. He's another one that I was sorry didn't continue on, and actually, his offseason was a little surprising considering his performance. He ended the season 10th on Syracuse in scoring, even though he only played in basically half the season, and yet he didn't get re-signed or signed to a team until, I think, almost the end of the offseason, so... That was kind of surprising, and, you know, I certainly wish him best. A player that was also subtracted from the organization as a whole was defenseman Alex Green. Green ended the season 11th on the team in scoring, but as a defenseman, that's not necessarily what you look at, although Green's game did tend more towards the defensive side. So maybe that's part of the reason why him and the Lightning parted ways. In those 73 games that he played for the Crunch, he had 26 points, 5 goals, 21 assists. So Green is moving on to another organization as well. The biggest subtraction that I think is going to make the most impact with Syracuse was losing veteran defenseman Freddie Clayson. This is where the Carrick signing, I think, is going to be really, really important because Clayson was really big for Syracuse, not necessarily in terms of scoring, Clayson was very much your stay-at-home defenseman, creating scoring chances for others, but not necessarily scoring chances for himself in 47 games for Syracuse, which honestly I thought it was higher considering his impact on the team. He had 14 assists, zero goals. However, Clayson's contributions to the team were much more than just what shows on this score sheet. At the end of the season, Coach Ben Grew praised Clayson very highly for his effort with working with the young guys, being out there, being a leader, being a very large part of Captain Gabriel Dumont's leadership core. Clayson did a lot for this team that I don't think the fans necessarily realized or were able to recognize just from what was on the ice. So I honestly feel like he's going to be a pretty big loss for this team going into this upcoming season. Now, hopefully... Carrick will be able to offset that and maybe even provide some of that offensive boost from the blue line that Clayson couldn't necessarily provide. We'll have to see how that shakes out. But those are the major additions and subtractions from the team that I see looking at their roster. And as always, I'm very interested in what you all think. So please don't be shy. Tweet at me. Get at Field Pass Hockey as well. Let us know what your thoughts are because I know you have some. And I might not necessarily be right. Maybe I didn't focus on who you thought was one of the biggest additions or subtractions. So definitely feel free to let me know. He had gotten in 12 games from Milwaukee at that point in time. And biggest storyline of the 2022-2023 AHL season schedule is the fact that everyone in the league is finally going to be playing the same amount of games for the first time in I honestly don't even know how long, maybe a decade. Ever since the team started adding those teams out there in like California, everyone has been on a little bit of a different schedule. 
So this season, the entire American Hockey League is going to be playing 72 games per team. The Syracuse Crunch had to give up four games, two home and two away, from their old slate of 76 games, which was a pretty big sacrifice for the Crunch and the rest of the Eastern Conference, whose teams pretty much all did that. Pretty impressive, to be honest, to be able to get the league on the same page. And it's going to be interesting to see if that affects anything. You know, those Western Conference teams are going to be playing some more games that they're used to. The Eastern Conference teams are going to be getting a little bit more rest than they're used to. There's going to be less three and threes on the calendar because now they're not necessary since teams lost those four games. So it is going to be interesting this season to see if that seems to be playing into anything as far as team performance goes. On an individual level, the Crunch starts off their season on the road in Cleveland. It is my personal belief, although I haven't really seen this confirmed anywhere, that the Lightning really likes these weekends right at the beginning of the season where the team can get out of Syracuse, get into another city, and have that bonding experience of being on the road together. For that couple of years in the beginning of the affiliation, Syracuse used to take a big trip overseas to start off their preseason. So now, instead of doing that, Syracuse has started the last couple of seasons on the road. Cleveland was the popular destination last year and this season. So it's my opinion that that's why that's happening. But, you know, again, it hasn't been confirmed. That's just my own personal thoughts. So Syracuse starts next weekend on the road in Cleveland, and then they come home to a home-and-home against Rochester. The Crunch's opening night is Saturday, October 22nd this year, and I anticipate that it's going to be a big one. Last season's opening night was pretty special. It was well attended, even with the COVID protocols. This season's home opener, there aren't any protocols. There's nothing to speak of as far as restrictions. The home crowd can be as packed in as they want to be, which, well, you know, we'll deal with that anxiety as it comes. So I anticipate that that game will be very well attended. A couple other dates that Crunch fans are going to want to keep an eye on. December 21st is Syracuse's first matchup against Laval since that playoff series during Syracuse's first round. And later on that month, on the 28th, the Crunch makes their first trip up to Laval since that fateful playoff series. So that will be a very interesting uh, series of games to pay attention to. On Monday, January 16th, the Crunch has their only Monday game, and they host Utica in a 1 o'clock in the afternoon matinee for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So... That's kind of a special one, especially if you're looking for something to take the kids to on a Monday in January where no one is working or in school. The Crunch usually has a couple of Sunday home games sprinkled into their schedule, but this year the only one is going to be on Sunday, March 26th, and that's against Utica. On Saturday, April 15th, Syracuse ends their regular season schedule with a home game against, you guessed it, Utica. Ay, ay, ay. Obviously, uh, Utica is Syracuse's most frequent foe. The good old 14 games, seven home, seven away against the Comets are always good for a laugh. Uh, Syracuse also plays Rochester 12 times, six home, six away. And the rest of the North Division rounds out pretty well with Laval at eight games, Belleville at six, and Toronto at six. 
Syracuse also plays four games against Cleveland, Providence, Wilkes-Barre, and Charlotte, and then plays two each against Springfield, Bridgeport, Hershey, Hartford, Lehigh Valley. Those teams in particular that I just mentioned are the ones that pretty much lost out the most with the reduction in the regular season schedule. Syracuse used to visit Springfield a couple of times, at least twice, and then Springfield would come to Syracuse at least twice. So now it's just two games, and that's kind of too bad because especially Springfield, Bridgeport, Hartford, those were easy drives for Crunch fans to make. So it, it, it is too bad that that variety has been decreased, but travel costs being what they are, gas being what it is, inflation, all that nonsense, it is what it is. We're pretty much used to this schedule at this point in time. So, you know, hey, it'll be, uh, it'll be what it'll be. And either way, it's going to feel good to have a season hopefully not marred by COVID cancellations and restrictions. And honestly, if I'm looking at big storylines of the season, kind of feel like that's a pretty big deal at this point. When I had Chief, Chief Operating Officer of the team, Jim Sorosi, on my podcast last episode, he was extremely optimistic about what we have coming up. The team has a lot of fun jerseys planned for the upcoming season. They have a lot of fun giveaways, appearances, potentially some celebration of the decade-long affiliation with the Tampa Bay Lightning in the mix. There's going to be a lot going on this season in Syracuse. And to have all of that playing out, hopefully without the cloud of COVID and concerns hanging over everybody, that's going to feel really good. Honestly, if I'm looking at what I you know, see as big storylines for this upcoming season, that's probably one of the biggest ones. I also think that some other big storylines, I mentioned Edmonds earlier when I talked about some big additions to the team. I think how these younger guys are going to perform, that's going to be another big storyline of this upcoming season. Tonight's lineup for preseason action is very young. The rookies are really getting a chance to show off and shine tonight. Uh, In the the forward group, we have Jack Finley, we have Grant Mishmash. Is that actually how you say his last name? I feel like it's not, but you know what? We're going to go with it. We have Jaden Daru, Doro. I think you say it like like the Backstreet Boys' last name. Anyways, um, Felix Robert, Bennett MacArthur, Ilya Usayu. We'll pretend that's how you say his name. Edmonds is in the lineup. Uh, Declan Carlisle is in the lineup, Jack Thompson is in the lineup, Dimitri Simikin, Tyson Feast, Hugo Elnefeld is in net, Jack LaFontaine is backing up. The roster's very young tonight. Gabriel Dumont's not even playing, and I mean, it's not like Dumont really needs to play in an AHL preseason game. By the way, short corner turn into um, Dumont fangirling for a second there. How fantastic was it that the Lightning put him in their preseason games they didn't have to do that he's on an AHL contract he didn't need to go out there and play that was great I think it showed a lot of respect for what Dumont brings to Syracuse I think it shows why they continue to how they continue to value him by inviting him into that NHL preseason experience and and getting some of the pampering and the things that the NHL players get playing at that level playing in those arenas even though his time for call-ups and things pretty much look like it has passed. I just thought that was really cool. 
And considering he did get in some NHL preseason games, Dumont doesn't really need to play in a preseason game away at Utica. That's not really something he needs to do. But I honestly think the story of these young guys, which are a big majority of Syracuse's roster this upcoming season, that's going to be another big storyline this year for Syracuse. So we will definitely keep an eye on those things and see where the season takes us. Finally, the worst part of these season previews for me, because I am incredibly terrible at making predictions about anything, because good lord, I, um, I'm just not good at making predictions, but a prediction that is sure to go right, uh, duh, I, I don't know. Um, Gabriel Dumont is going to score at least five goals this season. <laughs> that's that's going to be that's going to be what I'm going to go with for my prediction. That is sure to go right, and my prediction, uh, sure to go wrong, is that in a uh, blockbuster trade, Syracuse sees the return of Chase Prisky. This is a cheat because I totally used this last year too, but I am still really bitter that Chase Prisky was avail- available this past summer and the Lightning didn't sign him. So I'm going to say for my prediction, sure to go wrong, that Chase Prisky will find himself in a crunch jersey before the end of the season. And that's my story, and that's what I'm sticking to. I think that will do it for this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm open to interactions and feedback, so please feel free to get touch with me over Twitter. My hockey Twitter is FBHCrunch, F-P-H-C-R-U-N-C-H, and my personal Twitter is Alovimo, A-L-L-O-V-I-M-O. My personal Twitter is protected, but if you want to send me a follow request and I can see that you're a hockey person, I would be more than happy to go ahead and add you over there. Before we go, I'd also like to thank Purple Planet Music and Kevin McLeod for providing the royalty-free music heard in this episode. Keep taking care of each other out there in Crunchland, and I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.